0: Y'all. I've got three pages of dense notes, so uh, I hope you're ready. So my name is Ben uh, Galbraith. Uh, my wife is Sarah. We have a new little baby. Um, uh, you know, I'm a mechanic. I work on cars. I like to fix things. Um, what else do you guys not know about me? Or did you already know all those things? I, I said, it said, introduce myself on here, so I, I got to do that. Um, so, so I'm trying to stay on topic here. But, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to Sarah. I will be a disciple in October uh, 18 years, which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. That is nuts. I got baptized when I was 14 years old. Uh, I was a freshman in high school, and that mess is nuts. All right. I, uh... That was a big decision that I made a way long time ago, and man, thank God that uh, he's faithful to me and patient with me, and uh, it's awesome. You guys can make that decision and make it too. So uh, kind of what we've been talking about on Sundays is uh, we've been talking about Loving Well, Wednesdays we've been talking about being changed inside and out, and I just want to give you kind of the highlights. Real quick of some things that I've been learning because this whole lesson uh, today is stuff that I have been thinking about because of the stuff we've been talking about on Sundays and Wednesdays. So first John 318. Does anybody remember what that is? Uh, This is a big key component to what we're talking about here. If not, that's cool. Uh, We want to love others as Jesus has loved us. If I had to sum that up. You know, this is how we know what love is, that, that Jesus laid down his life for me. And know what? I'm going to do the same. Yeah, I'm going to do Amen. that for other people. You know, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, uh, Paul's prayer for us, that our, our love may grow in knowledge and depth of insight. You know, what a cool thing to be praying for others about. And and to to have that expectation for each other that, our love is going to grow in that way. That's that's a high calling. That's a very cool thing. And then in Matthew 23, uh, 25, and 26, it, you know, we must first clean the inside of the cup. It's very easy for us to get caught up with the outward appearance, but uh, our focus needs to be inside-out transformation. Uh, that being said, uh, let's say a prayer, and we're going to jump right in. Father, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to come together as a family and just have some family time. Uh, I, I really love uh, just getting to come and, and sing and see my friends and, and worship. I, th- this is such a special time that we get every week. And I pray, Father, that uh, you would help us all to uh, take advantage of it. And to, uh, to really soak it in and, yeah, and not yeah, let man. it become mundane and, uh, you know, just something we do on Sunday mornings, yeah. Father. I pray for myself. I pray that you would speak through me. Uh, Father, take that pressure of me being perfect off and saying just the right thing. Father, I pray that you would speak through me and that I'd say only what you want me to say. And, um, and that's it, Father. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So... Um, that being said, uh, you know, I want to start here in 1 John 3.18. The If you guys want to turn over there, this is such a good scripture. And, you know, this is just after. Um, actually, I might have put John 3.18 up there at the top, but this is uh, uh, a little after what we had talked about in 1 John 3 about Uh, how we know what love is. But uh, Jody, I believe, he he read past a few weeks ago and he made a comment about this. And so I went back home and I I read this later. And this has really been speaking to me. And this is really kind of the meat of what I want to talk about. And in the Holman Christian Standard Version, it says, Little children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and action. You know, and that is huge. That's really huge. And I found this other version, the NLT. I think this says it really nice, too. It says, Dear tri- children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And I love that. That really explains it well. And, and it, it brings the point up that we can't be all talk. There's got to be some action involved. We've got to. This has got to be if we're going to love well it's got to be love in action. And I was thinking about that word action, and uh, what is this saying? It's a saying, it's like behind a, every strong man, there's a stronger woman or something like that, or some, Is that the saying, uh, something more or less, you know? Uh, Linda's shaking her head. I said, no, that's not it. That's not even close. Um, <laughs> you know, behind every action, though, there's a decision that has to be made. We've got to decide to act on the truth. We've got to decide uh, to make that decision there. So what I want to talk about this morning is the decisions that we make. Um, You know, we all make a ton of decisions. And, uh, you know, I want to I want to start off by asking a few questions here. All right. And the first question I'd like to ask is to Caitlin and Ellie back there. Are you guys paying attention? You're taking notes? Good. You're going to want to take notes here. I got to, this is very important, okay? Would you rather be itchy for the rest of your life or be sticky for the rest of your life? Would you rather? Come on. So who, who said that? Sticky. Okay. And the other? Itchy. Oh, I don't know. That's you're going to have to live with that choice for the rest of your life now, okay? <laughs> There's no going back on it. There's no going back. Murphy, I got, a, I got a hard-hitting question for you, okay? All right, you ready? Would you rather, would you rather find true love or win the lottery? <laughs> Tell me now, which would you rather? I'll find true love because I'll be rich <laughs> oh, 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 all right. Didn't quite answer the question, but... Uh, it's an either-or thing. Sarah, Sarah, I asked Sarah that this morning, and she said, well, how much is the lotto? <laughs> Are we talking Powerball or scratch-off here? And, and she was like, I said, the, the picture on there says top prize of $5,000. She's like, the lotto. That's easy. Easy. That's easy. Um, <laughs> all right, Jacob, I got a question for you, bro. All right. Would you rather be half your height or double your weight? This is crucial. We've got to know the answers to these things. My if it's a gym thing. it, I don't know, okay? I don't know about that. Okay, like, I'll just be my <laughs> that's awesome. Good stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Riley, I got one for you, brother. All right. All right, bro. This is Mr. Karate, okay? Would you rather fend off a dog-sized cockroach or a horse-sized rat? A horse-sized rat? That's crazy. With a the, with the cockroach, all you got to do is turn the lights on, and they'll run off. All right? Come on, man. That's, you got to be smart about it. You got to be smart about it. You got to be smart about it. Guys, every single day, we are confronted with a ton of decisions. Some are really dumb and silly, like what we just talked about. But uh, some are really important. Here's, here's some numbers for you. Did you know that the average person makes 35,000 conscious decisions a day? They've done studies on it. 35,000 conscious decisions. And a young child, they make about 3,000. So let's, let's extrapolate that. That's 245,000 decisions a week. That's 980,000 a month, and that's 11,760,000 decisions a year that the average person will make. Does that intimidate you at all? You're like, wow, I didn't even realize I was making that many decisions. But when you think about it, imagine you're scrolling through Facebook, and you're like, first you decide to get on your iPad and then you decide, all right, I'm going to Facebook. Then you decide, I'm going to start scrolling down. Then you decide to stop on that picture. And then you decide, should I like that or should I not like that? And then you're like, ah, I'm not going to do either. And then you keep scrolling. And just right there, you've made a gazillion decisions, you know, that that are extremely pointless, you know. <laughs> many many successful people or Uh, business people they're extremely careful about how they make decisions in their life because it could affect their career it it could be a decision that that holds the weight of millions to billions of dollars you know it could affect you know we have leaders uh, that you know what they decide to do whether they go to war or to stay home or all these things that affect tons of people you know a lot of people are very concerned with decision making and uh, some things, that, silly things, I think that people do, like Steve Jobs, we all know who he was of Apple. You, we all know that he wore that black turtleneck all the time. The reason why he wore that same outfit every single day is because he didn't want to waste time or cognitive like. Strength on picking out an outfit, so he that was his uniform. he put it on every single day so that he could save some energy for making the real big decisions later. Other people i 've heard you know talk about man they they talk about uh, only they eat the same thing every every breakfast and every lunch because they don't want to have to make decision, those decisions. They can focus on the big important things, you know, and um, it, some of that stuff is kind of silly to me just because those same guys, they'll get on and, you know, do the whole Facebook thing or they're, they'll spend all this time like rummaging through emails or surfing the Internet in the morning, too, where you're like you're wasting just as many you know, why don't you just pick out something you want to wear? Um, <laughs> so I don't know whether that helps or not. People in this world are very, very in tune with decision making and they understand the importance that it is because it can affect them and it can affect other people. It can affect their money. It can affect a ton of stuff. So what's cool is from the very beginning, when we look at the Bible as a whole, from the very beginning, God was like, you know what? I want to have a relationship with people. I want to create something, have this tight-knit relationship with it. And and he created Adam and Eve. And he said, you know what? Here's this awesome place I've set up for you. Here's one thing you can't do. You're on your own. But that freedom that he gave people, you know, there— they had a choice. They could either listen to God or not listen to God. And throughout the Bible, you see all these characters in the Bible, and they have a decision that they make. You know, God has laid something out to them, and they can either say yes or no. Can, does anybody have any thought or any, like, examples of that right off the top of your head of big characters in the Bible? I have a few here.
1: David had to decide to sign up okay. to
2: go fight Goliath.
0: Yes. Yeah, he could. What if he never did that? And that that never happened. He just was in the line and he was super scared, you know? I would have lost Yeah. I ah, yeah. That would have changed history. So then, but then later in his life, he had the decision to go to war or not go to war. And he didn't go to war. And then got caught up in all kinds of sin that affected his life. Yeah, that was a big decision in his life.
1: Abraham, at the choice of view, is going to take Isaac up to yeah. sacrifice him. For yes.
0: Him. Yeah. That was crucial. Imagine if he wasn't faithful with that. What would have happened? Well, you know, where would where would our faith be, or what would that look like now? I don't know. What a. I was thinking about Moses,
2: who didn't want to go back into Egypt, but in the end decided
0: to listen to God and go anyway. Yes, I was thinking about that one too. I thought about the other thing. What if Pharaoh, after you know, when after the plagues, what if he still was like, Nah, I'm still not going to let him go? What would Jesus or what what would God have done next? What would the next plague be? If, if killing all the, f- the, the first children wasn't enough, what would, what would the next thing have to be to get, you know? That would have changed the story a ton and how we know it. You know, I think about Noah. You know, what if he decided not to build the ark? You know, that would be crazy. I was thinking, let's go to the New Testament. What if, what if when Jesus was calling the first disciples and he said, come follow me? What if they, they said, no, nah, I'm all right, <laughs> you know? That would have been wild. That would have have changed the whole story, how we know Jesus and faith. And what if Jesus, what if he decided when he's down there praying and he's sweating blood, he decided, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to the cross. You know, Mm -hmm. "Eh, I don't have to. Let's not do it. You know, that would have changed everything. You know, from the very, very beginning, God has given us a choice. So what about us? He's given us the same choices. He's laid it out for us and he's he's given us choices to make, you know, even this morning. We have we've made a ton of choices from whether, you know, what time we're gonna leave the house, what time we're gonna get up, what seat we were gonna sit in when we got here, you know, maybe later when I'm gonna get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the lesson. You know, whatever. We got all kinds of choices to be made. You know, we have all kinds of uh of choices you know when we're confronted with jesus we've got to choose yeah. you know the first time you met jesus you know i might have you know i wasn't ready the first time you know they, it took a long time when i it's really funny when i say that because i was like 12 or 13 you know <laughs> but but you think you think about your walk with god you know and he's saying follow me Come, come see about me. You know, do you say no and just go back to your boat, go back to your job, go home, go back to what you're doing? You know, those are serious decisions. You know, yeah. we, we can go a long way and, and not even want to make a decision about that stuff. But. Uh, responding to Jesus. The truth produces actions. And the choice is ours. Nobody's twisting our arms. And I, I love that because what a, like just being in here this morning, I love it. Our singing, it, you know, back here, Pat, he's like, I don't know. He's on point, like switching the lyrics because everybody's off and like doing it not in the right order. And, you know, people are back. I, I don't know. It's just awesome because in here we, we're family and we can kind of. There's no pressure because it's family time. We're all in the same boat. I love that. But still, we have to decide. So here's here's a hard question I've been wrestling with with this week. So, And, I, and I'm going to open this up. What is the difference between merely making good decisions and deciding to be obedient to Jesus? Because I feel like there's a line in there of, like, just being good but then actually following Jesus. But a lot of the things we're called to do, I mean, are good decisions on either side of the coin. You know? So, let's open it up. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Linda. Ask first. Ask Christ first. Before you know, just like the children if
2: they want a cookie or they want a brownie. Mhm.
0: Okay, cool. I
2: think you know, there's like two different kinds of decisions. There's one, there's some that are instinctual, like you have to make a split-second decision. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that you have to meditate on and get advice on. And and for those split-second decisions, I think for me, it um, all comes down to whether or not I'm, I'm like keep putting God first and keeping in step with the Spirit. Because honestly, I'm not going to be able to make split-second decision that's that's godly, if I haven't first at the beginning of my day submitted myself to the to the scriptures and to prayer and got myself you know involved with God uh, from the get-go, hmm. so that I can you know make the split-second decisions in a righteous way, you know. Um, and then there's the ones that you just require a lot of meditation and thought, and and uh, and, and those. Two, also require that you keep in step with the spirit but it's just a little different process you know so.
0: some good thoughts right there yeah
2: um, yeah I was thinking about that even even in light of
1: like um, uh, even in like my thought life and what mm-hmm. I think of and all that kind of stuff is there's a side of it where I can get a lot of confidence because I can I can will myself to do things yeah. Be kind of type A and you know, and then and, and, and so I can get myself to a place of going, okay, I'm gonna think about good things and positive things, and I'm gonna think about faithful things and all that kind of stuff and and the truth of the matter is that takes a lot of like this mental energy mm-hmm. for me to do, but the difference in like making the same decision but doing it for Jesus, like what I'm thinking in my mind, yeah. is when I think of the only reason why I would do this is because this is this is what Jesus said to do, like this is yeah. what pleases Him. This is what, and then it's almost like it's 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 effortless almost. Yeah, at that point, in my so I mean that's the difference. I can I feel like I can make the same decision. Yeah, you know, but just shifting my mindset on well, I'm, I'm gonna do this because because Jesus would make it. He wants me to make it. He tells me to make that. It, like that's the game changer for me. Yeah,
0: yeah that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Go for it, Jacob.
1: I just think good decisions are subjective, because depending on how I feel one day, the good decision may be like, oh, I'm I'm not going to gossip, but I will give like a real nasty look on my face when they bring up this person's name. Mm -hmm. I made a good decision because I didn't gossip. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very subjective of, oh, well, I I wasn't as bad as this guy, I wasn't as bad as that person, so I was the good one. We're following Jesus like... I'm actually trying to put the scriptures in the of, well like what you're saying, like truth and action. Like I'm actually going to action with the things that I say and I believe and yeah. not just trying to do
0: what's better than the person next to me. That's that's great. I uh you know, right here, I think the answer comes down to either Jesus is Lord or I'm Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's really what it comes down to is either in my decision making I can make the same decision You know, but either either one, Jesus is Lord of my life or I'm just trying to make my my life a little better. You know, I'm just trying to do something to make my life a little easier, you know, or whatever that is or to run a little bit smoother. You know, and so that's that's a tough thing, because when we think about our decision making, it is not it's not a self-help kind of thing. What I'm talking about here is not self-help. It's not better business decision making. You know, we're talking about is Jesus Lord of my life in, in all the decisions that I make or, or am I Lord? And it, it, You know, it, it is crazy. And what's tough here is we don't make life-changing decisions every single day. You know, uh, I was reading a book and they were talking about decision making. In the I'm in business school and they're talking about I did a whole class just on decision making. And one of the things they talk about is before you make a decision, you got to, you know, think about how long will the consequences affect you? Will it affect me for 10 minutes, 10 days, you know, 10 months or 10 years, you know, that kind of thing. What kind of the consequences am I looking at by making X, Y? and, And that's all good. But I feel like a lot of the decisions that we make or that that are the important decisions are the small, mundane, everyday, little decisions. If we can't make Jesus Lord of the small, mundane things, we're never going to be able to make good decisions in the life-changing things. If if Jesus can't be Lord of the, like, the things that are only going to affect me for the next 15 minutes, then there's no way he can be Lord of the things that are going to affect me for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's huge. That is like... It, 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 it's, it's such a simple thought, but it's the most difficult thing because it requires us being like what you said every morning, digging in deep and, and submitting. You know, we, we, we just sang the song, Unto Thee, O Lord, and we said, Oh, my God, I trust in Thee. It's us being able to say, You know what? God, I trust Your way. I, your way's okay for me. In, even in these small things that may not matter in the long term of my life, you're in control. Man, that is tough. So here's the thing. You, right now you're probably thinking, how does this equate with loving well? Well, choosing Jesus in these decisions equals loving well. Everything that He taught us was, was there to help us either love God better or to love others better. And those are all the and actually it's all the same thing. So I, I have to think that, that choosing Jesus equals loving well, it's going to get me to that point. So how did that look for you guys this past week? How did choosing Jesus go? Was it something that even crossed your mind? I, for me, I, I was thinking about these things. And over the past few weeks, that this idea of, making Ben, I need to make the decision. I just need to make the choice to love well I just need to to do it you know that's that's what I was thinking about so when when I was asked to to preach I was like man that's kind of what I want to talk about because that's kind of what I'm wrestling with and so this past week I've been like thinking about my choices and I've been thinking about what's this going to look like and you know looking back on things that I've I've done that weekend you know uh What's crazy is by at the end of this week, I was, Keith and I went and got breakfast. And I was like, man, I'm super bummed out because I make a ton of bad choices <laughs> all the time. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking about it and I'm trying, you know, and, and, and like the day before I made Sarah cry and she tried to do something sweet for me. And, you know, I'm I'm fighting to like have have quiet times, but it's not going great. And I'm. I want to do these good things, but I can only I feel like I'm only making dumb choices and it bums me out and I feel down in the dumps. I'm like, I'm I'm no good. And and after I kind of was able to realize some of those things, it's like I'm making this more about me than I am about choosing Jesus. And that's the thing. I, I was making this this good idea, this good thought more about man, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to make some awesome choices this week. And I wasn't choosing Jesus. I was choosing, like, man, I want to do good, you know, and I want to have something to talk about this week on Sunday and, you know, that kind of stuff. So we've got to choose Jesus. And the other thing that's awesome that, that I learned from this is that I will never be perfect I will never make the best decision every time. I will make some good decisions in life. Like I was telling Sarah, it was a good decision that I married Sarah. It was a good decision that we had that little baby. And I said that to Sarah, and she's like, "This decision's still out. You know, we're still still trying to figure it out. (laughs) We're still thinking it. You know." Um, But we make good choices, but we're never going to be perfect. And we got to come to grips with. That's okay. It's okay to not be perfect as long as we keep coming back to Jesus. I'm going to keep choosing Jesus. You know, uh, know, I was also meditating. Keith has been saying this a ton. There's nothing I can do to make God or Jesus love me more. And there's nothing I have done that will make him love me any less. And that uh, I can just take a deep sigh because it takes the pressure off. I can go and choose Jesus and just follow him and just do my best and 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 just seek him out. So we want to keep coming back to him. We want to to keep loving him. And, you know, some of these I had to I was saying this to myself, kind of like in a in a like mantra. It's not about perfection. It's about lordship. Is Jesus Lord my life? It's not about perfection. It's about grace and mercy. Because I, if I don't, if, if I don't, if I'm not in tune with that grace and mercy, I just have to carry the load of my bad decisions. You know, I just, it's just on me. You know, thank goodness he shows me grace and mercy and just patient. And it's, it's not about competition. It's, it's about a hunger for God. Yeah. It's, it's not who in here is doing better or who has made the best choices or who's got the best potential in here. You know, I, it's not about those things. It's about, man, are we hungering and thirsting Amen. for God and yeah. for righteousness? And uh, so one of the things in, in my reading for business and all that stuff is you have these guys that are these big decision makers for companies and for armies and different things like that, and they have this concept of failing fast. And I really like this concept. So these guys that make big decisions what they'll do is they try and limit the time that they fail. They make it as short as possible. So they'll make a decision, and they are looking to see if that's a good decision really quick. And once they realize, okay, I made a bad decision, they change it quick. They're like, you know what? I've got to get out of this because this affects a lot of people. It affects a ton of money. It affects my life and all these different things. So they look, they talk about failing fast. They're not... They're okay with failing, but they want to make the time that they fail as short as possible. And we think about repentance in our life. We want to, we want to repent fast. And we want to, to be able and okay with acknowledging, you know what, I made a bad choice. It's in my nature to make bad choices, you know. But I am the first one to say, okay, that's a bad choice. And I'm quick to say, okay, let's fix it. Let's, let's acknowledge we made a bad choice and let's move on from here. Let's fix it and keep moving forward. You know, we've got to have that kind of mentality. It's huge. Repentance is such a good thing, and it, oh my goodness, I've got to change the way I think about that. Let's turn to Romans 6. I feel like this scripture here really kind of is perfect for what we're talking about and will lead us here into the next part. Um, In one through four, I'm reading from the NIV here. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means? We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And I I love that. That, You know, we've been shown grace and mercy. There's an understanding that we're never going to be perfect. And that grace should inspire a decision to, to put to death sin. And, and you know, Jody, he, he's been doing, uh, he did a little lesson for us in family group uh, the other night, and uh, he was kind of taking us through the Bible. It was really, really cool. Um, but he was talking about how sin is separation from God. You know, and that that the acts of the sinful nature, those things are an expression of our separation of God. And have you ever thought about putting to death your separation from God? Have you thought about that that way is that I'm going to make a decision that I'm not going to separate myself from God any longer. That today I'm going to choose to be close to God. You know, I can read that and say, man, there's so many things I got to put to death. You know, my impurity, my pride, my anger, you know, the list is a mile long. And I can get caught up on that mile long list instead of saying, know what I put to death, being separated from God. Today, I'm choosing being close to him. That changes that changes this for me. It's like, how can I live in it any longer? How can I be separated any longer? I can't do it. And then it goes on, don't you all know, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, that made the decision to follow Jesus, to get down in that water, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. And that new life is transformation. Transformation. We can have a new life here, but we've got to first make those decisions. I'm no longer going to be separated. I am going to follow Jesus's example and and put it to death. But to get that transformation, we've got to practice. If we want that new life, it's not something that, you know, our sins are washed away, but it takes practice because, like I said, this stuff's not natural. It's not. we're We were... I almost feel like our inherent nature is to make bad decisions, you know left on my own i 'm going to be a knucklehead that's that's what's going to happen you know so I, we have to put this into practice we have to we have to start matthew twenty three twenty five through twenty six we got to start with the inside and work our way out it's it's a lot easier to kind of scrub up and brush up the outside it's a it's a lot more difficult to start from the inside and let that flow out from us. You know, knowing the truth will lead to the actions. You know, it's great that 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 first scripture I read is that it's, it's truth and actions. It's not just a bunch of actions. It's not a bunch of just going doing stuff. My favorite example of that is Aaron's sons when they're in the temple and they go and they're like, man, we're going to light this extra sacrifice to God and it's going to be great. And the fire just consumes them. You know, they weren't doing the truth. God had laid out what he wanted very specifically, and it was outside of what they wanted, even though it might have felt right or they were in the moment and it felt good and it felt right. They just did what they wanted to do. They didn't they didn't do what God wanted. And that 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 is one of my favorite warnings, because it reminds me I've got to be deeply seated in the truth. I've got to know what the expectation is. I've got to see Jesus's life. You know, uh, the question here, uh, I got another question, because this is another one I was wrestling with here is, am I being transformed by God If I'm making the decision to change and working hard at it, do you guys get what I'm asking here? Is it me just working if I'm making the decision that I I need to repent or is it God transforming me? Think about that for a second. Who's who's working there? Who's, who's doing the transformation? Is it me transforming myself or is it God transforming me? Think about that. I want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you guys think about that when I say that? Doesn't it go
1: back to the heart? Like as, you know, where your motivation is like, you know, am I doing this because intellectually I know it's the right thing to do or am I doing this in
0: response to Jesus. Totally. Totally. I think I think where we're coming from from that angle, I mean, that definitely defines I mean, who's you working. Can
1: make a decision to do the right or do you think God's will to be in control of things? Mm-hmm. Or you can do it in response.
0: So that. so let's let me reframe the question considering what you're saying, because that's great. That's great. If we're responding to the truth, if we're responding to Jesus and we're doing the repenting, is that God changing us? Or is that me? Is that just my effort that's changing us? What do you got? Well, Like what you've been talking about, and like, like and not that like we
1: need to put work into it, like faith, love, feeds is dead. Mm-hmm. it's it's not like it's
0: our power that does it's like the Holy Spirit that works within us, and we can choose to listen to the Holy Spirit, or we can choose to go off and do our own things. So it's not like it's not like we
1: just decide, like, oh I'm gonna change, and then like it's just this, like magical, oh I'm different. Yeah. yeah,
0: it takes yeah. A minute, it's not our power that it it's not like we mm-hmm. just by pushing hard enough through it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I have a tendency to want
2: to think that it's me be because of I'm making these decisions, especially if something good happens. You know, i certainly want to take care
0: <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm only laughing because I'm identifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I think I
2: think for me it goes back to the passage you read. We were buried, therefore we're them by baptism that Jesus Christ was raised from dead through the glory of the Father we too might walk in newness of life. I have to realize that the only cha- the only way I actually can walk in new life is because of Jesus' sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Being raised being raised to a new life is all I've done is accepted a gift. Um, and I just continue to walk in that way. And so there are decisions I have to make to continue to walk in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That's
1: good. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, in my mind, the um, it's it's that f- kind of farmer analogy, mm-hmm. you know, of of, um, uh, of this idea of you know, a farmer has to decide to put seed in the ground. Yeah. Um, but the complexity of what 's happening for that seed to grow mm-hmm. and, and the lack of control, and so there 's that I think sometimes for us, even in, and for me in Christianity is is kind of the arrogance of wanting to take credit for making a decision yeah. or responding to something without taking it into consideration hold on the complexity of what it takes to do what has to be done cannot be done by me as a human being, yeah. but at the same time, you know i don 't want to be the farmer that 's like, well, because I don't want to do any quote unquote work or something Mm -hmm. like that. I'm not going to put any seed out in the field or make any decisions because I don't want to be the one that does the work. And that's ridiculous because Mm -hmm. just putting a seed in the ground isn't work. (coughs) The work is the complexity of the transformation. That that thinking, wow, I wouldn't. I mean, if God told me, Keith, you transform yourself, I'd be like, how? Yeah. Like I don't. I don't understand the complexity of a. Truly changed
2: of what God does.
0: Yeah.
1: You That's know. huge. So,
2: yeah, this is good. This is great. Brent. In, in Romans 8, verse 12, to answer your question, I, I think it's God who's moving in your life, sort of stirring. Mm-hmm. It says uh, in Romans eight twelve 12, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death, yeah. So that's where I think you
0: know it's God intervening through the Spirit to you know, help help push you mm-hmm. to make those types. That's of things. awesome. I think I think the answer is yes. It's God working through us because we are responding to Jesus. You know, it's not just me kind of off the the first question I asked. It's not just me trying to to go and do something. It's me responding to Jesus and saying. I'm, I'm OK with your way. Let's do it your way. I'm OK. I understand that I'm not perfect. And it it really uh, you know, I was thinking all this stuff kind of goes back to Matthew five. You know, where where we're we're becoming poor in spirit and we understand that, OK, I'm I'm not good at this. I need your help, but I'm I'm willing to follow you. You know, I'm willing to to do that. And I had this. I really, you know, when I think about transformation, um, I think about in football practice, you know, like the corners when they're training and they're doing pursuit drills and stuff like that. They'll backpedal and they'll do their hips and they'll do their hips and all that stuff. And, and that's really tough in practice. If you're trying to learn how to do that stuff and be in the right place at the right time, you know, you really have to work hard at those things. It, it doesn't come naturally to turn your hips the right way and to, to step in at the right time. But hopefully in practice, you do it enough so that in the game, it just becomes second nature. You don't think about it. You just do it, you know, and you think about that. Say it's patience we're working on. We practice it long enough. We become a patient person. It's we no longer have to make a decision about it because we've been transformed. We have become a patient person. And it's with all of these things that we've got to take a stab at it. We've got to put ourselves out there and go for it. And that's that's how we become transformed. We can't wait until we're perfect to start loving people or to start trying. You know, so often I can hear people say and it's like or and it's it's kind of weird or we've all thought about it is is that you know, I'll do it when it's more convenient. You know, I'll start doing that when when I become a family group leader. You know, I'll start doing that stuff or I'll do it when I'm a group of three leader. I don't really need to do that right now. I don't need to love well. You know, when I become when I reach this level, I'll start doing that or I I get a title. I'll start acting that way. You know, if I become a song leader uh, or or maybe it's more like when I've had when I've had like when I can string together like three good weeks you know, where I'm really not blowing it big, then I'll start loving well because I've got, you know, I've kind of built up some momentum and then I can really love well after that, you know, or maybe it's like, okay, I've got to have three days of good quiet times. And then on that fourth day, I can start loving well, you know, we, we kind of put these prereqs on, on attempting to follow Jesus. It's like, I'll, I'll do what he says, you know, when I hit this mile, you know, marker or when, we can't do that. We've got yeah. to. We've got to step out there on faith and practice these things. And we're gonna. We're gonna mess up trying to practice this stuff. It's not gonna look, you know, shiny and great the first time. Yeah. But the key is we've got to practice at it. We've got to make that decision that you know what. No, how, however awkward I am or feel at this, I'm gonna take a step because Jesus said so. Because He's Lord, yeah. you know. Amen. So. All that being said, the keys here is we've got to know the truth. We've got to know Jesus. We've got to to make the decision that I'm going to know him deeply. I'm going to follow him. You know, one of the things that, that Keith was talking to me uh, about is, you know, making sure that we're reading the Bible as much as possible. Like not making some giant Bible study out of it all the time, but just being in our word. It'll transform us and we'll actually know what God wants from us. It's really easy to come up with some things that sound right, but we really need to be in tune with the truth. And the other the other side of that coin is we've got to decide to take action. And I can't tell you where choosing Jesus will lead you, you know where you might end up, where you might live, how much money you'll make, whether you'll be safe or comfortable. I can't I can't promise you those things. You know, if you're choosing Jesus and making that decision, what I can promise you is that you will be transformed from the inside out. I can promise you that you will have great relationships and that you will learn how to love well.